Talk Sports Talk Show for your drive home. I mean, you know how it is. Rocking and rolling and whatnot. This is Dukes and Bell. Brought to you by Finley Roofing. We've got you covered. Atlanta's most trusted and recommended roofer. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We heard from our general manager, Terry Fontenot, today. We also heard from our head coach, Raheem Morris. You're going to hear Raheem with the uh, midday show, Andy and Randy, as they talk to him today, coming up at 5 o'clock. But we got a couple of things that he said that we've been talking about and addressing. Also want to uh, tell you guys, Trey Young uh, had the surgery today on his pinky. He put out a post said, I uh, made it through my first surgery, hopefully my last. Do not worry, I'll be ready when the time is right. right. So there are photos of him there in the hospital Good news, Trey, get better and uh, get back as soon as you possibly can. Mike, what did we find out today from Terry Fontenot and Raheem Morris? And one of the interesting things, courtesy of CBS, by the way, Ra was asked about Zach Robinson. Now, when Mike and I saw him and he was just hired, okay, there was a lot of excitement and uh, we, uh, we were up at Flower Branch, as a matter of fact, we got a chance to talk to the coordinators and I thought Zach Robinson was very interesting. I thought Jimmy Lake, they were all good as far as their approach and how they want to take on this thing. But I want you to hear what Raheem said about the scheme, motion, and getting guys to play to the best of their ability. This is a question that was asked about Zach Robinson and what he brings. You know, when you go through the process and you're just talking about Zach and you're talking about what he's been through and you're talking about being with Sean McVay and being a player that played at Oklahoma State, coming into the National Football League and being a really uh, locked-in type of guy that you love and been around for the last three years and really developed this relationship with him. Watched him develop guys like Baker Mayfield coming in, watching him work with Matthew Stafford, watching him work with some of the younger guys and really having an interest on, at some point, being able to work with a great, young, dynamic mind um, that you knew, that you've seen similarities in some of the great coaches that you have been around throughout your career. So I was really fired up to get him because of some of the the motion stuff that he'll apply, some of the pressure that he apply on people with timing and rhythm and tempo and having what do you the mean motion. To, you know, just the motion that we're able to do, our flight motions, our 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 very quick motions to move people to 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 to, to detach coverage, to get all those things and indicators. So yeah, he saw and was with Sean McVeigh. Him and McVeigh are very good friends. And Mike, to see that every day and have to defend it and go up against it, and then Zach Robinson is there on the other side of the ball doing these things. All of these things are stuff we'll be talking about in the fall, guys, when we go, damn, he was wide open because of the stuff that Raheem is talking about. It's what Sean McVay has done. And I got to be honest, I mean, like, it doesn't matter now because Arthur Smith's gone. It's the stuff I thought we were going to get with Arthur Smith. All the pre-snap motion, you know, Bijan's, you know, mismatch in the slot, stacking the receivers and stacking pits, all the stuff we thought we were going to get. They do that in the Rams and the Chiefs. Why do the Chiefs get those, the, the game that won the Super Bowl? There's pre-snap motion, which gets guys out of step. Absolutely. So... That is the stuff when you ask me about whatever quarterback we get and how you make him better, scheme is a big part of it. Getting guys open through how you run plays and what you do is a big part of it. And Mike, those percentages now go from low percentage throws to high percentage throws because guys are wide open. Mm-hmm. Does Patrick Mahomes miss no. McCole Harbin? And he's wide open. Right. That, that's what we're talking about, those kinds of plays. And it's not going to happen every down, guys. But what we're saying is those are the kind of plays that open up the offense. And now how do you defend Drake? What about Pitts across the middle? What are you doing to cover Bijan out of the backfield? Oh, good luck. 
Now that's what we're talking about. And those are the things that we didn't have enough of last year or the last two years when, when you talk about explosive plays. In case you're wondering, 32 uh, receptions for their running back that went for 1,000 yards last year in the Rams offense. Speaking of getting guys He's open. A dude. Higby, the tight end, you know, it was 47 for uh, 495 and two touchdowns. So I don't know what that means as far as what our tight end is going to look like. I don't know if they're going to ask Pitts to do more blocking. John o. Smith also got cut for guys who missed it last hour. John o. Smith released, by the way, saves a $6.5 million, Carl, in cap space. Yeah, um, and he won't be the last. As far as what John o. Smith did here, he's really good last year. Good guy, too. Really good. But as one guy, actually as many guys have pointed out now on Twitter, we don't call it the X, uh, it does take uh, the ability, Carl, the temptation of having your third-string tight end throw to your second-string tight end <laughs> while your first-string tight end is blocking. I said, yes, it takes that page out of the playbook. Not that Zach, Zach Robinson has it in his. No. I don't oh, think that's I, a convenient narrative. Come on now. Come on that's, now. If ever there was a play that was our offense in a nutshell in the red zone, that was it. Tennessee. You can, you can go watch it yourself. I was there. I'm like, what are we doing? What are we Absolutely doing? We need to score more points. What are we doing? Did we just try trickery when we yeah. can run the football with Algier down there? Oh, that's an unscouted look from my old boss, Mike Vrabel. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, with that We're said. We're not playing fantasy football. I know. I know, Art. Uh, and he's in Pittsburgh, so that may be a place, yeah. a landing spot for They got Frymouth. They got uh, Darnell Wash. They got a bunch of dudes, but then nobody's making any money. So they, you know, it, it's tri- tight end city wherever Arthur Smith's rolling. All right, guys, more on uh, what Raheem Morris and Terry Fontenot had to say, and you'll hear again, Ra, coming up at 5 o'clock. Let's talk some dogs. Dukes and Bell on the sidelines with the dogs. Now, the irony is that everything is combined, including Raheem Morris being asked about his relationship with Kirby Smart. Here's what he said today. Jealous is my relationship with Kirby Smart. Let's go win some championships like that guy. Talking about the Georgia Bulldogs, Atlanta Falcons new head coach Raheem Morris was talking about having those guys on his team when he was with the Rams, Mike, saying spending the last three seasons working as a defensive coordinator, I coached the likes of Leonard Floyd and uh, Deron Kendrick Mm -hmm. uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And he says those are two Georgia Bulldogs. They drafted Warren McClendon, right, Stetson Bennett. The Rams are not afraid to go ahead and draft dogs. And when asked about, you know, hey, what's your relationship with Kirby? He's just like, I respect the hell out of Kirby, man. Look at the way he's doing this. The consistency Georgia has. And he says it's all about the people. This is Raheem Morris today. Again, it starts with the people. Just watch him win championships. It's been fun to see. It's been fun to see uh, the acquisition of great talent coming out of Georgia. Point is, he's not going to be afraid to draft Georgia guys if that is what you're wondering. (laughs) Okay? If they're good and they're there and we need them, he will draft Georgia guys. It's one of the crazy mind-bending stats when you go back and look at 30 years of Falcon draft history and you only get like eight Georgia Bulldogs have been drafted, which is my – I mean, it, it really it – def- it defies like the law of averages, quite honestly, when you think about how many guys you know George is putting in the NFL every year regardless of regime. But, yeah, man, speaking of guys George is putting in the league, Mel Kuyper saying if you could draw up the perfect right tackle, Carl, it would be mm-hmm. Amari Mims. And you know we, he's you, big and fast and strong and all the things. You and I were t- hey now. You and I were talking about this <laughs> off the air. <laughs> yes, is. please. He is. Uh, if depending on what we do strategy wise, quarterback, I'd love to see us. That's one of those dudes. Whether you want a corner or a, a right tackle to upgrade from McGarry, and yes, we do need to upgrade. I believe from McGarry. I'd love to see them go get back up. And now that's a little too much pie in the sky. Yeah. But I see Mims and Mel Kiper sees him as a, uh, a late first rounder. Okay. And uh, again. Right. That, that's a guy, that's a type of player I'd love to see on this team. 11 
dogs at Indy this week. All right, former dogs, but you're always a dog. So those guys that just played, uh, 11 guys up there showing out this week. Georgia set the record for players drafted. Michigan sets the combine record for invitees because obviously Michigan, those guys who stuck around, those there's some talented guys on both sides of the ball. All right, guys, 404-726-0929. We were talking about John U. Smith. Mikey just posted a thank you on social media to the Atlanta Falcon fans, and uh, that's cool. Like I said, John U. is a good dude. Wish him nothing but the best. Too. I was kind of hoping they'd find a way to keep him. You well, know? He was a playmaker, man. Yeah, I like him. But, uh, and some guys have said he missed some assignments. Well, I mean, technically, they missed a ton of blocking assignments <laughs> in this offense, guys. He goes across the board. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and I don't know what, what is Kyle Pitts going to be that kind of piece. See, I don't think this means necessarily, guys, that they don't try to focus on Pitts' athleticism. They try to shoehorn him into be the blocking guy. I don't think that is necessarily. There's going to be somebody else coming in. There'll be somebody they like better than John U. Smith for that job. Yeah. Or they've got a plan. Like, right. you don't let this happen uh, and not have a plan of what you're going to do specifically, Mike, this early. I mean, when we start to, to make these cuts, a lot of times teams go to the combine, they come out of the combine, see some of the kids or the guys that they might drop, and then you start planning on how you're going to you know, revise the cap situation. But when this is all said and done, we're going to have plenty of money to do whatever we want. Yep. Cap went up. We'd said 41. So, I mean, again, after according to what I'm reading, yeah, you just mentioned $6.5 million in savings. I think it's 2.5 dead money, but the net is 6.5. On the John U. Smith release, so you just you know, next thing you know, you'll be north of fifty million and money Correct. to spend. Correct, and that that then we don't have to talk about well, what happens if? And that's why, again, I don't ever worry about the cap; it works itself out, except for when you have to pay right. Julio. And I Matt. mean, the Saints. How many years you guys would go in and we talk about the Saints would be like forty million, and they're like, how are they going to make that? Remember the year and they I, were adding players. Yeah, remember the year they drafted? They they signed Jarius Bird. Like, how right. they do that? Yep. You know. But the Falcons. I mean, just to give you an idea, how completely hosed we were. Was the Matt Ryan Julio restructuring or re, you know renegotiating, demanding a new deal and kicking Matt's money down the Correct. road? Yes. And, and then you t- combine that with the COVID year when the revenue dropped, it was like the perfect storm of terrible cap situation. Yeah, and that's got it. That got us where we were, and now we are out of that situation, which is another reason why I say go all in. When, if we have an opportunity to completely change the face of this franchise with one of these dynamic quarterbacks, and if you believe in them, Mike, go all in. It's not about the cap space. You're going to have money to spend in free agency. If it means giving up future draft capital, but you get your guy, go get him. I know we got to catch a break here, but if there was one free agent that I could get my hands on in all of this year's offseason, and again, there may be more because more guys getting released, it's Hunter, Donnell Hunter from the Vikings. That's the dude I'd love to get and just throw, throw the Brinks truck at him, go draft your quarterback. I'm with you. We need that edge rush. What's up uh, on the John U. Post, Turtle? Yeah, I think it's important to note the way he ends his post. He said, a special locker room and special people all throughout the building, and that's something that we've alluded to a lot on this show, especially going there week after week. We saw, even during the worst parts of that season, no one ever came into the room with us with their head down. Everybody was always in good spirits talking, and I think if Raheem and his staff can keep that vibe going, that's going to be huge. No, it's a great point. No, there was, as just to echo and double down what Chris said, when when Cordero Patterson asked for the football, that was not dysfunction. Him and Arthur friends, and it's just still tight. That was that's that's just a guy wanting the ball. That's an a- athlete wanting the football. There was no Chris is right. This for what all the wacked all the dysfunction was in the freaking playbook. It wasn't in that locker room. Yeah, and execution. Thank you, Orn. Jared Carabas is going to join us. DraftKings MLB Insider coming up on Dukes and Bell. Uh, 
uh, came on the Midday Show with Andy and Randy today. You'll get a chance to hear what he had to say a little bit later on in the show. Also, Terry Fontenot. So stay there as the combine has started in Indy. Let's talk some MLB, though, man, and our Braves and much more with Jared Carabas. He is DraftKings MLB insider. Jared, tell me you like what the Braves did this offseason. I think the big move, right, was Chris Sale. The Jared Kelnick move was kind of under the radar because people were like, who is this kid? Uh, kind of figuring out how good he's going to be. I don't know if anybody really knows, but did you like what the Braves did to try to improve? I, I sure did, and I'm glad that you mentioned Kelnick because I, I figured we would get into, like, oh, you know, what was your most underrated move? The answer is Kelnick. I mean, like, this is a kid that was looked at as one of the top prospects in baseball at one point, and you know I'm a Boston guy. They just traded Vaughn Grissom. Like, we, we've got one of your top prospects over here. Now you have a top prospect that's hoping to pan out at the big league level, and he's going to have the chance to do that at the bottom of the Braves' order. The Braves have one of the best, if not the best, lineup in Major League Baseball. You know, you've got Acuna, Albies, Austin Riley, who I still think is one of the more underrated hitters in Major League Baseball. Then it goes down to Olsen, Ozuna. He's able to repeat what he did last year, which no one really noticed, by the way. A lot of round numbers by Ozuna. And then you got Michael Harris and, and Murph, who I know fell off big time last year. But that's a dude that when he's right, you're talking about one of the best hitting catchers in baseball. And you mentioned all those names without mentioning Orlando Arcia, who came into his own last year. And, and that was a dude that made Braves fans kind of forget about Dansby. And it's like we've moved into a generation where, you know, you just put on the Braves uniform and magic happens. I think that that can happen with Jared Kelnick and him being able to be slotted down so low in that Braves lineup and have that pressure taking off of him, that's going to do wonders for him too. Yeah, the dude is only 24. He was having a really nice season. He was batting 253 last year before he you know, kicked a cooler. We've all done that. And uh, it busted up his foot. But, yeah, we're the kind of hoping that he can you know, be that dude. Otherwise, the bench – the only thing we could find, Jared, is Jared Carabas joins us from DraftKings MLB Insider. Our producer, Chris, is like, ah, the bench is weak. That's something you can always fix at the, at the trade deadline, right? I mean, that's, that's – who worries about the bench? I remember, you know, talking to you guys last summer, I think it was, when we were talking about a couple different But you guys still have this guy and that guy and this guy. (laughs) Put it this way. If you are worried, Braves fans, about your bench, you should hear about some of the problems that other major league teams and their fans are talking about during spring training. Like, this lineup is insane. The rotation is stacked. Like, if Bryce Elder ends up being the number five starter in this rotation, he's like the number two or number three starter in most other rotations. The Braves have an embarrassment of riches to where, what was it, two years ago, Mm -hmm. they kept Pablo Sandoval on their bench as a mascot. Like, they're like, we're so good, we can keep a guy on our bench just because it's funny. (laughs) <laughs> that's, how, that's how good the Atlanta Braves are. So I, I'm not really worried about their bench. All right. Let's talk about what else is going on around the National League because the Dodgers went all in, right? I mean, on paper, they're better than the Braves on paper because they spent almost a billion dollars in contracts. But do you buy into what they did? Because you talk about going all in. This reminds me of what the Mets did and also what, you know, um, uh, San Diego did. And it didn't work. You know, I, it's a very interesting question, and I'm going to be careful about how I word my answer. Yes, 
they spent over a billion dollars, but that $1.2 billion accounts for two guys. Mm. And I understand Shai Otani is the best, or he may be, I'm going to say he is, the best baseball player of all time. Uh, he's not going to pitch next year. He's going to hit. And he's, he's a damn good hitter, uh, but he's not going to pitch. Yamamoto, we don't know what he is at the big league level right now. Uh, you know, you can look at some of the projections for him in his first season in the big leagues. Like, if he has an ERA that's in, in the low fours, the Braves might have two or three guys that have better seasons than Yamamoto in their rotation. I, I can't answer that. I, I mean, if I were to put my money on it right now, I would say I, I have more confidence in Spencer Strider having a better year than Yamamoto. And if Shohei Otani is only going to DH, I mean, all right, now we're just kind of offsetting where Acuna is going to have a ton of value offensively. Uh, Austin Riley, Matt Olson, we don't know. I, I guess like Ozuna, we don't really know what to expect. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Braves, you've got, they're very top. I mean, uh, excuse me, the Dodgers are very top heavy. Um, no one wants as a starting pitcher or a reliever in the late innings to look up at the do up next Mookie Betts, Shohei Otani, Freddie Freeman. Like no one wants to see that. Um, but I would argue that the Braves lineup is longer. It's deeper. It has more thump for longer in there. Uh, so yeah, well you want to commend the Atlanta Braves for the off season that they had. Uh, I, I certainly, as a Red Sox fan, can appreciate a team that spent that much money. The Red Sox spent like three dollars. Like I, I don't even know like what 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 the plan is over here. So when I see the Dodgers go all out like that, like yeah, I can absolutely respect and appreciate that. But when you look at the rosters and you compare the rosters, at least at least for 2024, because we're factoring in the fact Shohei's not pitching in 2024. Um, I, I I still I still like the Braves. I still like the Braves. Well, the thing is, as we're joined, guys, by Jared Carabas from DraftKings MLB Insider on the WaitFor.com hotline. Dodgers, we'll, we'll, get, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. First things first, we've got to beat the Phillies. And, you know, two years ago mm. we ran out of pitching. This year we ran out of hitting. Uh, I know that uh, they had, uh, you know, injuries of their own last year. Reese Hoskins, we talked about, you know, Aaron Nola, we made a play for him. They kept him. But what do you make of Philly, and will they be battling the Braves again? We're going to start the season with those guys. Yeah, I was uh, I was there for game one and game two in Atlanta um, last postseason. And I, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of like there's something to be said about having that high of an expectation when you enter the postseason. I mean, the Atlanta Braves were a team that uh, <laughs> I, I remember I, I had a tweet last summer about like because they kept hitting home runs like crazy. I think you might as well start the game by throwing the ball over the fence like three times. Like, just give them like a – like, it's going to happen regardless. Right. Uh, just throw it over the fence, and then we can go from there. Uh, something about the energy, I think when you have that high of an expectation placed on you and the, the – Uh-oh. Did we lose Jared? We've already done this. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Sorry. We, we, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, like the – the, the Phillies had the luxury of we've done this. Like, we've been here. We've done this. We just came from the World Series. We know that our place is loud and rowdy. Uh, so it's almost like the, the Phillies were playing with a, a, a more a, a higher sense of confidence 
than the Braves were. It felt like the the, the room for margin was smaller on the Braves side. It was a very like I think it was Schwarber that had that leadoff double off of uh, Spencer Strider in the first inning. The energy got sucked out of that park immediately. Like cause that was my first game in Atlanta before. I had never been to a game there before. Um, so to go there and expecting this madhouse, the Phillies just commanded the the crowd immediately it was it was very odd it was very almost eerie uh how they were able to do that um so that's that's really it i mean it's it's experience versus experience it's not like the braves don't have the experience like they have guys that have been there that have done that uh they have the postseason experience they just kind of have to take back the power from the phillies like put them in their place like that's the only way that you're going to be able to do it but those those guys going head to head, you know, you're going to get a great series every single time. They got the swagger. They had the, we talked about it. They had that whole that whole debacle with Arcia and Bryce Harper. We 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 lost the juice. Yeah, you, you uh, in my opinion, you should have hit Harper right there. Next game, we don't care about what's being said and let it be known. Hey, we're here to play. Instead, we kind of bowed down, and that's just me. Mm-hmm. But I'm an old school guy, Jared. Uh, let's talk about Cody Bellinger, Cubs three year yeah. deal. I think this is a good move for the Cubs. I think it's a good move for both of them. You know, you get $30 million in the first year. You can opt out after the first year. Uh, you get $30 million in year two. You can opt out after that. And then $20 million in year three. Um, so if I'm Cody Bellinger, I'm happy because if it works out, I mean, I'm getting paid what I think I'm worth in those first two years. And if I want to opt out, I'm still young enough to where I feel like I can get uh, a, maybe a long-term deal. Maybe it's just the market. Maybe it's just, uh, certain teams weren't ready to spend yet. And that's always going to change. That's always going to be a revolving door, especially as a Scott Boris client, which he is. We can point to different examples in the past. Uh, more recently, Marcus Simeon was someone that took that one-year deal in Toronto and then ended up hitting more home runs than any second baseman in big league history, turned that into a long-term deal, $175 million from the Texas Rangers, you can go back to Adrian Beltre, another Boris client, took the one-year deal in Boston, led the league in doubles, turned that into a five-year deal also with the Rangers. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's good for both sides because now if you're the Cubs and you looked at your offseason as very meh, it, like th- their, their expectations were high, like they were supposed to be in on Shohei Otani, that never happened. Um, you get Imanaga on a on a on a deal that I think most thought he was going to get 100 million. They got him for half that. Hector Neris, uh, he was looking for three years and 60 million. They got him on a one year deal. And then Cody Bellinger, you had MLB trade rumors were saying he's going to get 12 years, 250, and you get him for three and 80. So it it, it goes from a very underwhelming offseason to a very satisfactory offseason for the Cubs, and it's it's. Really, it's not over. It's not that I expect them to be in on, you know, Snell a, a or a Montgomery or something like that, but I wouldn't rule them out. Yeah, great stuff, Jared. Jared Carabas, guys, DraftKings MLB Insider. Look forward to our conversations as we get going with the season. He really likes our club, and so do we. All right, man. I really do. I do, too. Appreciate you, man. Take care. Thank you, guys. You got it. Mike Bell, what do we have coming up in Guy Talk? A major pot bust in the state of Georgia, Carl. Tell you about that. Wow. In Stetson Bennett's hometown. Really? Yes. Well, or close to it. It's, it's Pierce County, wherever it's down. Okay. Also, coming up, guys, would you be willing to pay a premium for a baconator? What? That's what I said. Coming up next. It's time for fun. <laughs> 
It's time for guy talk. Never mind. It's time for shenanigans. Brought to you by Hooters. If the game is on, it's on at Hooters. Any conference, all season long. Where do players play? Hope everybody's having a good day today on a Tuesday with Dukes and Bell. Uh, Falcons make a big cut. We'll explain coming up in the Falcon Report and how much it saves us, plus Coach and GM speaking at the Combine and talking to Andy Rende. So we'll get all that for you. Um, We didn't get to it yesterday because there was so much stuff going on, but uh, I don't know if you saw the Sarah Spencer from the AJC report on, uh, pretty funny, on, uh, on Charlie Morton, how much he is a coffee aficionado in the Braves clubhouse. Apparently he takes his coffee very seriously. And it was kind of funny. You can go to the AJC.com and, and Google it. But uh, uh, she basically talks to him, and uh, Bryce Elder's like, man, lattes, cortados. She's like, man, his espressos are unbelievable. So apparently, <laughs> Charlie Morton is a guy, much like the uh, Ewan McGregor character, Grimesy, in uh, Black Hawk Down, takes his coffee yeah. very, very seriously. So, and, and so this morning, the reason I bring it up is I did a video this morning basically saying, stop with the, uh, now we're going to have a mandate on stopping, storming the court in basketball. And I went back and I looked at the video, and I was like, man, I'm a little over-caffeinated myself this morning when I looked at it. I was kind of doing like the, the thing where you put your face right in the camera and pull back. So so next time I get in trouble nationally, I'm sure there'll be like some kind of freeze frame of that. It'll be very unflattering. But <laughs> now I was at, uh, my wife's up in PA. My old my father-in-law's had some health issues, so my wife's up in Pennsylvania, so I'm shopping. And so I went, I got, you ever, I, I grind my own beans. Do you do that in your I house? Do. Yeah, I have a grinder, too. absolutely. Just, I love that smell and the freshness. So they had some stuff, and I hadn't seen it. It was like some fresh stuff from Columbia, and it was like, Super high octane dark roast. So I'm going to get some of that. Grind that this morning. And then I was like, bing, bong, bing, grab it. Jumping you know, off the yeah. walls. So that might explain why I was like, just got a little, little over animated. What I could have used is a new line of boozy drinks from Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. Dunkin' is coming out with Dunkin' spiked iced coffees and spiked iced teas. I like it. They'll be available at Publix, Walmart, Total Wine here in Atlanta. This is according to Channel 2. They say that we knew our customers would be excited about an adult twist on their favorite Dunkin' drinks. So if you like an iced coffee like steak does, cha-cha, now you can get one from Dunkin'. 5% alcohol by volume is the hard iced tea. And the the coffee flavors is going to be 6% in original caramel mocha. And vanilla, so you can get your uh, your caffeine and get your buzz at the same time. <laughs> I dig it. Uh, one of my buddies, um, uh, he listens to us, and he owns a, a liquor store, Mike, um, right off of, uh, I'm trying to think of what it is, it's Sandy Plains in Piedmont, okay. I believe it is. But he sent pictures out a couple of weeks ago with this information, and, and like people in our neighborhood were freaking out, like, Duncan's going to be serving this? No, it's at Publix and Correct. Kroger. Yes. You have to go to the yeah. grocery store to yeah. buy. You can't get in Duncan's line and be yeah. like, yes, I need my spiked tea. Welcome to Duncan Donuts and take your order. Yeah, can I get a, I need a, I need a bagel, everything bagel with, uh, with sausage, egg, and cheese. And give me two two of those coffees with the booze in it. Let me get behind the wheel of my F-150. No, that's not the way it's, not the way it's going to work. Grab a Corolla, have an extra large, three parliaments, take a big dump. But, yeah, <laughs> and a big shout-out to Bridge, by the way. Uh, Spray Barrier Bottle Shop is, yeah. he owns. And so, yes, he put that out there, and so people were freaking out. But I do want to try these. I do want to try these. I'm intrigued. Hey, man, a major drug bust in Georgia. Is this some kind of bust? Well, it's very impressive, yes, but we need to ask you a few questions. <laughs> Sorry. Just always makes me laugh every time. Uh, Georgia Department of Agriculture, they were looking initially, Carl, down, and this is uh, P. 
Pierce County, where Blackshear is actually located, where it just happens to be where Stetson Bennett's family is from as well. But apparently some of the, I guess the agricultural police, I don't know what color car they drive, but uh, they were looking to some kind of illegal farming activity or pro- food processing that didn't have permits. That's what they thought it was when okay. they went to this, this ranch or this farm. Turns out... It's one of the biggest pot busts in Georgia history. Over 11,000 marijuana plants worth millions of dollars. Paris County Sheriff Ramsey Bennett said, we estimate the street value about $22.3 million. Wow. How about them apples? Well, they were growing it down? Yeah, okay. down, down that way. That's north of Waycross, for those who don't speak South Georgia. Uh, the department, Pierce County Sheriff's, launched the investigation. Undercover deputy learned that the facility was a fish farm. So they thought. Maybe like Cheech and Chong and Nice Dreams when they had the swimming pool. Remember <laughs> but I'm, a, like, I'm a big Cheech and Chong guy, if you're not. But they had, like, from, so from the helicopter, it looked like a swimming pool. It and it was covering up all their weed plants. But anyway, I digress. And so Chong goes up on the ladder and he acts like he's swimming. He lays on that. Anyway, it's a long story. It made me laugh as a child. No, it's funny, man. Uh, so the sheriff and his team reached out to law enforcement, and they investigated. And it's interesting. It's weed. Uh, they arrested three men and one woman, all from China. China. Yes. They yeah. believe the group started the uh, facility sometime in 2022. Wow. How about that? They were getting it, growing it in down there, Yes. Huh? They're uh, in jail without bond. By the way, what, is it who has the weed line? Is it Cheech? Who has the weed line? Who somebody I want to say had it's Tommy Chong. Tommy Chong, Chong went to jail yeah, for like, the paraphernalia, the yeah. edibles. Okay, because right. I knew somebody had, had they had a line, and uh, right. you know you can't get it in, in Georgia. It's not legal. Right. For but like a year and a half, all I saw was just random ads on Twitter advertising that. Like every okay. time I came on Twitter, right. Tommy Chong selling edibles, selling gotcha. edibles. Now gotcha. you can get uh, up to the line because that's stuff that I partook in, of course, uh, when we were at the golf tournament that we sponsored, <laughs> and it was brought to you by Georgia Hemp Company. So it's all the similar effects oh, without it being it's illegal. Delta eight. Is what it's yeah, it's to similar. Yeah. I don't yeah, even eight. know who Justin Thomas's brother <laughs> James is. I can tell you this: it's super effective. Oh, it was. Now, I got to be honest; my knee feels really good right <laughs> now. It does. Yes. Now, Sorry, re- am I making sense? No, not really. In relation to pain meds, <laughs> I told Carl this. Now, I'll be serious for a second. We'll get back on the fun track. But, that makes me laugh but, every time. But I mean, dude, I was. I mean, literally. I mean. Didn't even know what room I was in. I know we were somewhere in North Georgia yes. near Woodstock yeah, doing yeah. a t- radio yes. broadcast. And eventually I came down and I was fine. But after a few Red Bulls. But anyway, <laughs> this my father-in-law, and I, I, I've been telling you about this on the air, but it's coming up a lot because I talk to Carl about it every day off the air. My father-in-law is battling cancer. And we were out in Vegas, and they have those dispensaries. So we basically loaded up on gummies mm-hmm. and stuff. And so my wife's up there now, and he's fighting the good fight. It's, it's pretty serious. So, But he's in tremendous pain with the mm-hmm. radiation. So yeah. I kept telling him, I said, look, you got to smoke some weed. Goes, I, I'm not doing it. Maybe some hippies. I'm stoner. My father's a mar- father-in-law's a Marine, tough as nails, a farmer. You know, Carl, you've heard the stories. It looks like Sergeant Hulka from Stripes, the War Notes character. So Becky apparently uh, gave him some of the gummies last night. <laughs> I talked to him this morning. He goes, felt better? I don't feel no pain. I was a kite. I'm going to stick with this. <laughs> More. Goes, I guess you can call me one of my stoner now. <laughs> so my father-in-law is, is, is seeing the results. Speaking of which, sometimes That's late That's good, night, though, man. No, I'm just happy Seriously, for the guy because he, he's been miserable. And that, that is, yeah. and that, you, for those who don't know, I mean, it does have medicinal benefits, for, especially for cancer patients, yeah. especially dealing with chemo and radiation. If you get the munchies late night, there's a theme here today on the program. I've uh, maybe craved a Baconator in the past. Well, listen to this. I, I, I credit to uh, Sandra Golden. I saw the story on her Twitter feed. Apparently, as early as 2025, uh, Wendy's is going to start what they call dynamic pricing. Now, because they say they're starting this in 2025, I begin to wonder if they're just throwing up a little weather balloon, a little trial see balloon, where see where this one goes. The idea would be when there's heavy volume for fast food, they're going to kind of take a page out of Uber and charge a surge-type charge. 
So all of a sudden, a baconator that goes for six bucks is now eight dollars, or whatever. However, they whatever their their metrics or their or, or sorry, what uh, whatever they they do as far as the uh, what's the, um, what's the the pro- computer program when you come up with. Come on. I don't. I don't know if I know what. No, I'll fi- the, the algorithm. Al- that's it. Okay. I, I, that's. What, I knew you guys. Would, I knew you guys would bail me out. The I algorithm. felt like I'm high right now. No, I'm looking I mean, at everybody in the room. Like, what's he yeah. talking about? No, I mean, like, adjust the, yes, the algorithm. The same yes. algorithms that they use for everything else, and everything from how you get an upgrade on a Delta flight to get yeah. up the business class to now apparently cheeseburgers. So what do you think about that? Well, first of all, I mean, um, th- that's a racket. Okay, and and the whole Uber surcharge thing is also a racket. It's, right. It it like you, that never happens until there's a concert in town or there's a show at the Fox, and all of a sudden now right. the Uber charges go up. It's 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 whack. I think that's – you're not going to – if I know that you're charging me extra, and it, I don't know, Mike, it's 10.30, 11.30, 12.30 at night, and you say, hey, hey we're going to uh, charge an extra three bucks for the same burger, right. I'm not stopping there. No, I got to be honest. I'd rather wait in the shake and steak right. line for three hours. Right. I mean, I'm like, I love Wendy's. I've always loved Wendy's from the chili when I was a kid all the way up. But I, if they ever put this in, and that's why I think I'm curious. I think they're just kind of throwing testing. it up there, testing the reaction. I'd never go there again. And the other thing is, I wonder if there see two ways of looking at this. They're seeing how you respond, or do other fast food chains go, aha, we're going to do it too. Oh, for sure. And that's generally you're looking for a dance partner and, on and, this And too. by the way, it doesn't have to be late night, guys. It, it, they know these surges happen. Right. People are coming home. Uh, honey, I'm not cooking tonight. That fast food line is busy from 4.30, Mike, to maybe 7 o'clock. Apparently, maybe that's right. when the surcharges are in effect. At the British pub chain called Slug and Lettuce. Sounds delicious. Yes, it does. Uh, they announced last year they would start charging more for beer during peak hours. They must be, made, they must be printing money over there in the U.K. Now, the uh, management of Wendy's does say, uh, in addition, people involved in our loyalty program, we might actually have some parts of the day when the prices would come down. Mm. Of course it will. Not buying that for a second. Yeah, they start doing surge at Chick Fil A. We're gonna riot. Oh, right. it's gonna be a problem. Well, I mean, look, you pay a, a country, you, you pay man. a premium at Chick Fil A because you get the best drive-through service. The order's never screwed up. It's the it's best. Quick. It's quick and you're fast. willing to pay. Yes, but I'm just I'm telling you, man. No way, Jose. I just saw that. I was like, what? Yeah. Shut the front door. I can't do it. I There's can't do it. There's only one thing to say. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I, I can't. You. I can't do it, Mike. I hope this is not the trend, though, because if it does right. work. And people don't care. Look, every fast food, well, they're going to do it. Orange just said, "This is the world we live in. We're paying a la carte for television. We have to. They, they cobble together some of your favorite reruns with one or two new original programs. They call that a network. You got to pay five bucks for to watch a football game. Bunch of nonsense, Carl. You mentioned in Peacock. Is that what you're talking about? Maybe. Hey, coming up. Great job. You're going to get a chance to hear from our head coach, Raheem Morris. He stopped by the midday show with Andy and Randy and talked about everything, including what their goal is at the combine. Stay right there. You're going to hear it next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.